Good morning. So it's a new year, 2023. How's it been so far? Yeah. <laughs> There's a whole lot more coming. And God's prepared for it. And the only way we will be is to be looking at God. You know, as a, a new year approaches, we all tend to pause. And we... we Think about what was, what happened in 2022. We consider what we hope will happen in 2023. We wonder what will happen in 2023. And sometimes as Christians, we, we begin to start to search online for all the different prophecies and things that people are speaking out. Now, I have to tell you something, that, that God, God's Word says that we should all desire to prophesy, and to prophesy means to speak inspired of God. But everybody prophesying is not prophesying according to God. And one of the things that we need to realize is God never said for us as New Testament believers to be led by prophecy. Does anybody know what the Bible tells us as New Testament, New Covenant believers we are supposed to be led by? The Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God reminds us of the Word of God, but it's the Spirit of God. And so as a believer, we've got the Spirit of God in us. He is there to convict us. He is there to affirm us. He is there to remind us of the Word of God. He is there to empower us. But we need to realize that God is going to reveal what you need to know to you first. Hello? God's not going to tell somebody else about you until he's already told you about you. Now, sometimes how many of you know we don't listen to God? <laughs> and, and that's part of what we ought to be really considering this year that we're going to determine to spend enough time that we become very confident, very comfortable with hearing from God. Now, when I say that, I'm not talking about you hearing his voice, but, but the Spirit of God who lives in us would give us leadings, impressions, guidance that all of a sudden we can go back to the Word of God and find out, yeah, that's God because it lines up with the Word. And he'll confirm, he'll confirm these things with two or three witnesses but that's where we get ourselves in trouble when we go online and we just start to wholesale look for prophecy. Because God is not necessarily speaking that prophecy to you here in this area. But God is speaking something to you, to me, to us in this area for what he wants to do here in your lives and my life and through our lives. And so it takes a little more effort. It takes a little more time. It takes personal investment and involvement for us to sit down, be still, and do what we were told already. What was the first scripture we heard this morning? Oh, I don't know. What was up on the screens? Seek first. How many firsts are there? <laughs> I know this is really heavy this morning. Deep 
deep stuff. I want to jump right into the deep end this year. Seek first, what? The kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things. What other things? When this was written, it was talking about what all the other people that don't know God are seeking after. How many of you know the world is not seeking after God? Right? It's going a totally different direction than what God has. But if we'll seek after God, the things that the world wants, fame, riches, fortune, peace, joy, hope, all those things, God is going to bring these things into our lives as we can handle them. Now, how many of you can handle more peace? How many? Just keep that hand up. Look, you're raising your hand in church. Keep it up. How many of you could use a little more joy and hope? Put the other hand up. Look at you praising God this morning. This is amazing. You know, we all could. We all could use that. And God wants to give that. But if we're seeking other things, then we'll not have what God is freely extending and offering to us because he's not going to force it. Right? God will never force the best on us, even though it's the best, because he honors, because he loves us, our freedom of choice. So when I choose to go after something else to try and get some joy or get some peace or get some hope, he's not going to give me the real stuff. I'm going after a knockoff. How many of you know that there are knockoffs out there? I've shared this before, but quickly I'll remind you. Uh, our, Debbie and I went down with our boys to New York City, and there was a guy on the corner selling Rolex watches for $10. <laughs> what are you laughing at? It had Rolex on the dial, on the face, and it had a little crown, and it was gold. <laughs> Ish. <laughs> and it wasn't... A couple of days until the hands fell off. I didn't know Rolexes didn't last that long, but it was a knockoff. But the guy told my son, when he says, is this really a Rolex? The guy lied bold face to our child. I wanted to take him down. I'm just being honest. But I didn't because our son needed to learn a lesson. That he can't believe everything everybody says, even if it's on the internet. <laughs> I just burst somebody's bubble. <laughs> you, you can't believe just because somebody says it that what they're saying is true, no matter how sincere they are. How many of you know you can be sincere, but you can be sincerely wrong? And that's where we have to recognize in these days. The days are growing short to the return of the Lord. He's coming back for a church, you and me, without spot or wrinkle. There's work to be done by the Spirit of God in us to remove the things from us that are hindering him from having his way. And it's not just us like going through a spiritual car wash. You know how that works? You drive your car up, it, you put it in neutral. And all of a sudden, 
it starts moving. And stuff sprayed on it and things kind of whirl around it. Water just envelops it. All the water is blown off it. And how much work did the car do? None. It was in neutral. You and I can't go through a spiritual car wash. We can't be in neutral. We can't afford to be in neutral because there's a tipping going on. The world is getting darker and the church is supposed to be getting brighter. And that doesn't happen in neutral. If we go to neutral, we're going to start growing darker. We've got to contend, the Bible says, for our faith. We have to seek first the kingdom of God, not just wait for it to show up. It's here. Jesus told his disciples, wherever you go, the kingdom of God is at hand. Wherever you as his disciples go, the kingdom of God is at hand. But are we engaging God and his kingdom to allow the kingdom of God, the glory of God, to fill our lives and flood our lives so that those that are in darkness will begin to see the light of the Lord Jesus Christ in our lives? The glory of the Lord. About four months ago, I, 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 I start early asking God about what, what I should be prepared for in this coming year. And I do it because I don't always hear so quickly or, or so clearly. And as time went on, I became aware of what I believed God was beginning to highlight. And, and it was the word hope. Because we have been through such difficult times. And when you don't have hope, you no longer thrive. You just look to survive. And so many people are there, including us as Christians. We're, we're, we're not expecting about the future. We're kind of with the rest of the world. Oh my gosh. What we've had the last couple of years has been really tough. I wonder how tough this year is going to get. I'm going to tell you something. It's going to be tough. Because the world is getting darker, more dangerous, more desperate than ever before, more difficult. But you, child of God, you are in this world, but you are not of this world. The Bible says, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Whatever you face, you have what you need because he is with you. So it doesn't matter. You know, we, we, we don't necessarily know what's in the future, but guess who does? God. God's not restricted by time. He's already in the future. He's working to redeem your past, and he's right there with you in the present. And as I was, I was really just sitting before God saying, God, I need wisdom from you. I don't need wisdom from the world. I need wisdom from God. Because God's wisdom is truth. And what truth does is it sets us free and keeps us free. And as the, these months have gone by, there have been different scriptures and things, two in particular that we're going to be looking at but not getting to today. But in the course of reading and studying and doing all these things, I came across an article, and I don't even know how I came across it, an article of uh, 
a speech that General Douglas MacArthur made over 60 years ago when he was 82 to the cadets just down the road at West Point. He's addressing the future officers of one of the greatest armies in the world. And, and in this, this speech that he had, he, I'm going to give some of it to you because I felt it was really applicable to my life and to our lives. And he said three hallowed words reverently dictate what you ought to be, what you can be, and what you will be. Now, he's talking about three words, and he says, reverently, hallowed. These, these hallowed words will reverently dictate what you ought to be, what you can be, and what you will be. Now, when you think of something hallowed or reverent, do you think of, of God? We should, because hallowed means holy. And reverent, it's to revere. We're to revere God above all. And then he goes on to say, these are your rallying points to, number one, build courage. When courage seems fa to fail. Regain faith when there seems to be little cause for faith. And create hope when hope becomes, and he used the word forlorn. And I had to look that up, which means lost, when hope is lost. We're living in a time where we need to be courageous. We need to be filled with faith and we need to have hope. General MacArthur could have and should have been talking to us as Christians. But the three words that he's referring to are duty, honor, and country. Now, those are good words. But I'm going to tell you as Christians, it's not duty, honor, and country. It is love, faith, and hope. And when we talk about love, love casts all fear. So it is about courage. When you are filled with the love of God, which Holy Spirit floods our hearts with love, if we'll allow him, if our hearts aren't filled with so many other things because we're not seeking first the kingdom, we're going to have courage in this hour because we know we're loved. We know we're not alone. We know that the one that's with us, what's possible with him? All things. So whatever you face, when you know you're loved by God and God is with you, you don't have to fear a single thing no matter how surprising it is to you. Because it's never surprising to your heavenly father. And he's the one that wants to cause you to be overwhelmingly, not overwhelmed, overwhelmingly more than a conqueror in all things. So what does 2023 hold? It doesn't matter. Well, but inquiring minds want to know. No, don't go there. Go to God. Know truth. Know the promises that he watches over to perform. Know what he can do. Know who he is. Know that he is faithful, that he's never failed. He's never late. He is never unsure of what to do. He always has the best plan. Go to God. 
and be courageous because you know God loves you. Have faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Have faith. How do I have faith? Spend time in the Word of God. And let the Word of God spend time in you. Meditate on it. And hope. Hope. You know, we've talked about this before, but I felt so impressed for my life and for us that we needed to have hope. We need to face this year with great hope and not talking about the hope of the world, a questionable expectation. Well, I hope. No, that's not the hope of the Bible. The hope of the Bible is a confident expectation of good from God having his way in our lives and doing what only God can do in our lives, which is whatever is needed. Whatever God wants to do, every good and perfect gift comes from him. God will work everything for good. So if God's not in control, you can't be assured it's going to work out for good. But if he is in control, if you and I are looking for, listening for, and tracking with God, we can have a confident expectation, great hope that it's going to work out for good. Maybe not see it today, maybe not tomorrow, but eventually we're going to see what God wants to do, and it's going to be the best. And he's the only one we can have that confident expectation of good in. We have been promised so many things by so many people, so many companies, and many of them have fallen far short of what their promises were. God has never failed. His promises. Never will fail his promises. He's not going to start with you. He is going to fulfill his promises. The Bible says heaven and earth will pass away before his word passes away. And you and I find the promises in his word. So faith, hope, and love are the three characteristics that are vital to us. Without them, we can't live the life that God has for us to live. We can't experience what God intended us to experience. They're vital and necessary for us to be what we ought to be, what we can be, and what we will be. And as much as we don't know the details of 2023, we can trust the one who does. Ralph Abernathy, who was a Baptist minister... He was in the army in World War II. He was a friend and advisor of Martin, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And he said this. I don't know what the future holds, but I know who holds the future. Who holds your future? See, it's God if we let him. But most of us, man, we're holding on for dear life, hoping to make our future what we want it to be. And God knows the best it can be. And until we let go and turn our attention to our trust to God, we're going to be working the best we can to make our future what we wanted it to be with no confidence. Because I'm sorry to say this, but if we all look back on our track record, it's not been stellar. 
But I want you to know there's one that has no failures in his record, and that's God. And that's why we need to turn our future over to God. And then as we look to God, as we seek first the kingdom of God, as, as we learn of who God is and what he wants and why, why we should do that, because when we obey God, obedience, the Bible says, is better than sacrifice. And all of us are willing to sacrifice to a degree, and sometimes we get so sacrificial that we get tired of sacrificing and we just want to give up. But with what's ahead of you, with what God has ahead for you, man, if you could see it, you would never give up. You would pick up the pace because what you're going towards is the best. God is taking you, taking me from glory to glory. But understand, it doesn't always feel glorious. It doesn't always look glorious. The people that play in the championships games went through a lot of work, of sacrifice, of pain to experience the glory. I want you to know there are things you're going to have to sacrifice. You're going to have to let go of. You're going to have to turn away from. But understand, there are only things that are limiting what God can do in your life. There are only things that are robbing you of what God has for your life. And we have been deceived into thinking this is what we need, and it's not, just like Adam and Eve were deceived. And so what is God's future for you? This is a familiar portion of Scripture, but if we just got this one down, we would never fear anything that we face. Jeremiah 29, 11. And as, as we go there, if you just bow your heads, Heavenly Father, thank you for your presence. Thank you for your word. Your word is life and health to those who find it. Your word is truth setting us free. Your word is a light unto our path. Father, we thank you right now that your word, the entrance of your word brings illumination. Holy Spirit, help us to have revelation that we can apply it to our life and experience transformation and go from glory to glory. Lord, I thank you for the privilege and opportunity to speak your word to your people, the bride and body of Christ. That, Father, we would grow in your grace and in your knowledge. That, that through your word today, you would build your church so that the gates of hell would not prevail against it. And we thank you, Father, for this. In Jesus' name, and everyone said. So Jeremiah 29, 11, there are two translations up here. We're going to read the first one. In the New Living Translation, it says, For I know the plans. How many of you know plans are a good thing? How many of you know you, you have plans, others have plans for you, and God has plans for you? Is that true? Yeah. So whose plans are you going to choose? I know we're in church, it's got to be God. But really, recognize when we're going through stuff, we try and plan a way of escape. And God has a plan that he will enable you to bear up in it and overcome it, not just run away from it. Don't run from the battles, run to God in the midst of the battle. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for what? Oh, you got to get more excited about that. Good. It was so good. <laughs> plans for good and not for disaster. But what do we see in our society, in our world today? We're seeing disaster after disaster after disaster after disaster. There's no end to it. 
except you're in this world, you're not of this world. God says in the midst of a disaster going on, I have good for you. Yeah. Listen, we're in a broken world, a fallen world, a world that is just going down the tubes. But you are in this, you are not of this. Heaven is your home, Jesus is your Lord, and the kingdom of God is where you belong. Plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. Well, I, yeah, it says future and a hope, but what, what God, God, what's, what's, what's the future? He says, I'm your future. Ultimately, where are you headed as a child of God? To God, to heaven, where everything is focused on God. Nothing distracts anybody from God. And you know what? We should be doing that right now. Preparing for heaven. Your future is God. Your future is all that the kingdom of God has to offer. All that God has, all that God is, all that God can do. So with that in mind, what are you afraid of? I don't know. It's, it's, I, just, I just don't know. Yes, you do. You don't know what you don't know, but you know who you know. And who do you know? A God who is love. A God who is a God of good. A God who provides. A God who protects. That's enough to know. Because there is so much you and I don't know but don't focus on that. Focus on who you do know and growing to know him more. In the ERV translation, it says this. I know the plans I have for you. This message is from the Lord. I have good plans for you. I don't plan to hurt you. I plan to give you hope and a good future. Man, we could stop right here. That's it. Not let you go because you know what we do. As soon as the service is over, we're on to other things, which we've got a life. But the things that God speaks to us, we shouldn't let go. And if we sat here and meditated for the next half an hour, just thought about what we heard, it would radically change our lives. It would radically change our perspective. But we don't have time to stop. God wants to fill you with hope because the world that we live in has no hope. It's reaching out to all sorts of things. Bitcoin, all this, all that, everything else. I, I could not believe last night I was watching a football game and one of the longest commercials during a, a high-profile football game came on and it was all about the e-commerce. And not necessarily Bitcoin itself, but about that type of finance. And they were trying to assure everybody, don't listen to all the voices. Where it's saying that it's going to fail. Well, why are you coming on telling us not to listen? Because you're afraid we are. Because, can I tell you something? Everything in this world, except for God, is going to fail. Oh, you're scaring me. No, I'm not telling you that to scare you. I'm telling you that to prepare you. 
to prepare you. Listen, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11 through 13 says this. As soon as we get, there we go. Don't forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders. Talking about us before we came to the Lord. You were called uncircumcised heathens by the Jews. In those days, you were living apart from Christ. Do you know what? We all have a B.C., a before Christ. We all have a life we lived without God, and it is not pretty. (laughs) No big amens. I say a big amen. You were excluded from the citizenship among the people of Israel. You did not know the covenant promises God had made to them. Do you know that God made promises, those promises to you too? We are heirs of Abraham. All right? We have the promises of Abraham, and that's who God promised. You lived in this world without God. Look at this, without God and with what? Without hope. Now, we're, as Christians, we're not without God, but sometimes we're without hope. How can that possibly be? The God of hope lives in us. How do we not have hope? Because we're not looking at him. We're not listening to him. We're not trusting him. We can be as hopeless as any unsaved person, even though we have Christ, because we're not looking to him. Without hope, without God. But now you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Jesus Christ. Today we had communion. The blood cleanses us from all sin. It makes a way back to God. That we can be in that living relationship with God. Because it is. It's living. You know, any relationship that you don't continue to put time and effort into, spend time with that person, continue to get to know that person, that relationship begins to wane. And it's the same way with God. If we don't spend time with God, if we don't pour out our heart to God and listen to him for his heart, and again, I'm not saying that you're going to hear a voice, but God's going to impress things on you in your spirit. You'll know about God through his word. When you pray, when you praise, the Bible says God inhabits the praises of his people. Jesus said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. The Bible says we're two or more gathered in my name. I'm there in the midst. But when we were without God, we were without hope. Now we have God. We should have hope in every situation. Because we're born again. First Peter chapter 1, verse 3 in the ERV tells us this. Praise be to God, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God has great mercy, and because of his mercy, he gave us what? A new life. Thank you, Lord. I'm telling you, I am so grateful I have a new life in Christ. Because the life I had before that was not good. This new life brings us what? A living hope through Jesus Christ's resurrection from the dead. 
a living hope. A living hope. Just like it's a living relationship with God, this hope is living. As our relationships with people that are, are enhancing and enriching our life, we want those relationships to grow. This hope is supposed to grow. We're supposed to have more confidence the darker it gets. More confidence the more disasters are going on. More confidence, a confident expectation of God having his way because when God has his way, Jesus came to give what? Life and life more abundant. When God has his way, we have the abundant life beginning to flow and, and saturate our lives and overflow our lives and begin to impact other people's lives. That's why it's a living hope. It's ever-growing. If we nurture it, if we do what every relationship needs, to put in effort, to put in time, to be willing to sacrifice other things to make that a priority. Hebrews 6, 18 in the message says, God can't break his word. And because his word cannot change, the promise is likewise unchangeable. All these promises in the Bible, they're unchangeable. God watches over them to perform them. We who have run for our very lives to God, you know, we, somewhere in our life, we, we've realized, I can't make it. I need something more. I can't just have what I have. I need someone who will save me. And we run to God for our lives. We have every reason to grab the promised hope with both hands and never let it go. Man, when we're running to God, we need to run to God and hold on to him with both hands. That means we got to empty our hands before we get to God. What is it you're holding on to? What is it that through 2022 you were holding on to? You were saying, I got to have this. I got to have this. I got to have this. I'm going to tell you something. You don't have to have anything but God. And whatever you got to have that is not God, it's an idol. And that very idol will draw you away from God, will rob you of the things of God. Grab onto God, the God of hope, with both hands and never what? Never let go. Because the moment we let go, we loosen our grip on God. All of a sudden, we're not as close. We're not as connected as we need to be because we need God for our lives. It's just like we need air. You take one breath and you can't go for a week. You take one breath and soon you have to take another. We've got to hold on to God and keep holding on to God and keep holding on to God. Because God is your only confident expectation for good. God is your hope and my hope. Without him, we are hopeless. We're just like the people without God. And that's got to break God's heart because we're crying and squalling and bawling just like the people that don't know God. And we know God. 
And what God has for us, what God has for everybody, it's there. But those people aren't going to receive it because they're not looking to God. They haven't come to God to let go of other things, to be able to grasp God and come into his kingdom and abandon their own kingdom. And sometimes we don't abandon our own kingdoms. We're working. We're, we're, we're marketed like Burger King, have it your way. No, don't have it your way. Your way stinks. And I'm not being ugly to you. My way stinks. Frank Sinatra's way stinks. He did it his way. Where to get him? We've got to do it God's way. God's way is the way of life, the way of liberty, the way of joy, the way of hope. All the things the world's seeking after and stuff, God gives freely if we'll turn to him and trust in him. This isn't going to be up there, but in Hebrews chapter 10, it says, don't lose the courage that you have had in the past. Your courage will be rewarded richly. You must be patient after you have done what God wants. You will get what he promised. Man, we've got to be patient. The Bible says through faith and patience we inherit the promises. But we're in such a microwave generation. We want it now. And now, now the microwaves are too slow. We get upset because a microwave isn't quicking, cooking quick enough. It's crazy. In Hebrews 12, 12, we read that it says, don't forget to rejoice. For hope is always just around the corner. What? Yeah, when Peter, when Peter was walking on the water and he began to sink, and he cried out to Jesus, where was Jesus? How far away was Jesus from him? How did Jesus rescue Peter? He reached out. He was a hand, an arm length away. Hope is always just around the corner. Why? Because God's already in your future. Don't give up. And when we have hope, we never give up. When you have a confident expectation of good, it, it energizes you and motivates you to keep on keeping on. And so many Christians are bailing. Man, they're just rejecting all sorts of things they once believed. And that is part of the deception that the Bible tells us about is going to occur and is occurring in the days we live in. And it is rampant. Deconstructing their Christianity. You can't deconstruct God. God's the creator of everything. He's the only one who can deconstruct. Hold up through the hard times that are coming. This is true. I would want to hear about hard times today. We're just starting the year. I'm not looking to scare you. I'm looking to prepare you. Don't you want to know that it's going to be hard? But God is gracious and merciful and powerful, and he can bring you through anything. If he can bring Daniel through the lion's den, he can help you. And devote yourselves to prayer. The NCV translation says it this way. Be joyful because you have hope. Because you have hope. Be patient when trouble comes and pray 
at all times. This year ought to be a year that we devote ourselves to seeking first the kingdom, devote ourselves to, to listening and looking for him, and to praying. Prayer is so important. You're going to be finding out uh, in the upcoming weeks about the prayer, 21 days of prayer that we, we are going to be engaging in. Now, if you don't want to, you don't have to. But you're going to miss out. You're going to miss out on the opportunity to take 21 days to really focus in on God. And if you want to, you can fast. You don't have to. But everything we put aside for God, whatever we sacrifice for God, he's going to multiply goodness back to us because that's the way God is. And hope. Hope, hope, hope. Be joyful because you have hope. A confident expectation of good. Why can we be confident of good? Because every good and perfect gift comes from God. The only thing he can give is good. And he works everything for good. We ought to, we ought to just have that locked down now. Man, when God has his way, it's good. And then finally in Romans chapter 15, verse 13, it tells us this. God, the source of what? Hope, confident expectation of good, the source of hope. God is the source. Not the news media with that little nice story at the end because they just loaded you up with bad news. I mean, that's pathetic. They know they're doing wrong. That's why they put that little nice story at the end because they know that they got to do something or everybody's going to be at their wit's end. And it still doesn't help. God, the source of hope, will fill you completely. Let that sink in. If you're filled completely with what it's about to say, is there any room for anything else? No, no. We'll fill you completely with joy and peace because, now we understand why he's able to fill us with joy and peace, because we trust in him. Joy and peace. Joy is not just laughter. Peace is not just tranquility. Because we want peace and we want joy. We want to laugh and, and, and we want things to be smooth. Listen, you're in a broken world. It's not going to happen. Not in the world, but it can happen in you. That's where God wants the joy and peace to be, in you. Because what the world gives you, it can take. What God gives you, no one can take, but you can give it away. Joy. What we need in these hours, these years that are, are moving rapidly towards the return of the Lord, we need strength and security. Don't you think? And joy, the joy of the Lord is our strength. And peace means to set it one again. It means to be absolutely secure in God, stable and secure. He'll fill you with strength, stability, and security as you trust in him. Then you will overflow. God is an overflow God. Overflow with confident hope. If it's overflowing with hope, that means there's even more joy and peace. Hope begets joy and peace. And when you have overflowing hope, you have overflowing joy and peace through the power 
of your bank account. Oh, sorry. Heresy. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, but you know, I don't know where the Holy Spirit is. He's in you. He is in you. <laughs> I got to get your attention some way. He'll never leave you. Holy Spirit is the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead. You talk about power? Jesus conquered hell, death, and the grave because the Spirit of God raised him. And the Spirit of God lives in you, and he can raise you up to conquer all those same things because of the power of God. And that joy and that peace because of the hope that you have because you trust in God, that's going to energize you and impart to you the, the supernatural power of God and the supernatural peace of God, the security and stability in the most inhospitable situations. But what happens in the world that's coming apart, when we take time to get apart with God, as the world comes apart around us, they see something different in us. As the darkness increases in the world, the glory of God, the brightness, is supposed to increase in your life and my life. Because when everything starts to crumble that everybody that doesn't know the Lord has put their hope and trust in, they scramble to find something else to put their hope and trust in. And as everything continues to deteriorate, they're going to see something different in you. And they're going to say, well, you know what? You're living in the same time, in the same situations that I am. Why are you not hopeless? And, and why are you not just so demoralized? Because I have God, the God of hope. And he's filling me with joy and peace. And, and as I continue to believe, there's an overflow coming. In my life, it's getting bigger and bigger and better and better. Yeah, but it's getting worse and worse. Yes, it's getting worse and worse in the world. But our God is with us. And he will bring us through to what he has for us. And in the second translation, the Phillips translation, it's not a, a popular translation, but it was really, really important for us to see this. God of hope, fill you with joy and peace in your faith that by the power of the Holy Spirit, your whole life, your whole life and outlook, how you're viewing things may be radiant with hope, radiant with hope, your whole life and your whole outlook, radiant with hope, confident expectation of good, full of joy, full of peace, no matter what we face. You know, throughout the Bible, we see people that, that lost their hope, Israel being one of them. And uh, Months ago when I was, I was seeking God and I was, I was listening and wanting, desiring, just God help me to prepare myself. Help me to, to be a vessel to help prepare your church. These two portions of scripture, these two chapters kept coming up. And, uh, and they're very prophetic in their nature. And they needed to be because we see... In the world, in the world, 
it tells us that there are two simultaneous things going on. The scripture tells us in Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1 through 2, it says, Arise, shine, for your light has come. The glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Darkness has covered the earth, and deep darkness the people. So these two things are happening. God's light is shining, the glory is shining on the church. The earth is getting darker and darker. The people that are not trusting in God are getting darker and darker. The divide is getting more distinct. But it goes on to say, but the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. And then in Proverbs 4.18, it says the path of the righteous, the just, the ones that, that choose to follow God grows brighter and brighter even to the noonday sun. The highest, brightest it can be. You're going from glory to glory if you're choosing to follow God. I'm going from glory to glory if I'm choosing to follow God, if I'm choosing to allow hope to, to saturate me and, and, and encourage love and faith. But we're going to look at what God can do, no matter what's going on in your life. How many of you know God redeems? He rescues from loss. And because he does, we're able to turn to him and see the disaster, the destruction, the damage that was done in our lives, and God do something miraculous, supernatural, that no one else can do. And in the coming weeks, we're going to look at these scriptures that God has put on my heart because God is, is raising up an army. You know, General MacArthur spoke to, to the West Point cadets, the future army officers. God's speaking to his army, you, me. And the army that God is raising up in these last days is like an army no one has ever seen before. And we have the privilege of being part of that. But we have to choose. Don't worry about 2023. Cast all your care on God because he cares for you. Let him have your past. Let him have your future. Stick with him in the present and follow him so that you can see the glory of the Lord. Cover the earth just like the waters cover the sea because Christ in you is the hope of glory. I'd like every head bowed, every eye closed. You know, it's absolutely important that we recognize we need to turn to and trust in Christ. If we have never done that, then we don't have any hope. God still has a plan for us for good and not for evil with the future and a hope, but we can't access that plan because it's God's plan. It comes from God. It comes through God. And until we connect, until we turn and trust in Christ, we can't have that occurring in our lives. So if you're here this morning and you've never trusted in the Lord, you've never given him your life, you've never turned control over to the Lord instead of you keeping control, then I want to pray with you this morning. And I'm not going to pray alone. I'm going to invite everybody to pray. But if that's you, if you just raise your hand and say, that's me, I, I want to give my life to the Lord. I want God to control my life. I want hope in my life because without God, we are without hope. Then I trust everybody has. If you haven't and you're just 
concerned about doing this publicly, you see me after service. But somewhere along the line, you're going to have to publicly profess your faith in Christ. The Bible says if we deny him before men, he'll deny us before the Father. Don't let that happen. But for all of us that have, right now, beginning of the year, first day of the new year, it's time to let go. Time to put down all the things that you've been dragging with you from 2022 or all the things that are hanging on you from 2022. Right now, Father, I thank you. I thank you that we can drop everything that have, has been a load that we have been carrying. Not, not, not being irresponsible, but Father, responding to you and letting you have your way. Father, we, we want to do like what the Scripture says. Run to you. We ran to you for life and grab onto you with both hands, onto your hope, onto your peace, onto your joy knowing that you are always with us, you are always for us, and there is nothing impossible for you. Father, I pray that the fears and the dreads of the future would fall to the ground right now. That your love would cast out all fear as it floods the hearts of your people. That joy and peace would rise up because we have our hope in you. And they would, it would strengthen us and secure us and stabilize us so that in the future when the winds of change, when the earth shakes, when the finances are rocked, we will stand firm upon the rock of our Lord Jesus and the Word. And we will not be moved because you, Lord, are being allowed to build your church, every individual stone that we are, that the gates of hell would not prevail against it. We thank you, Father, for this. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, one more time, close your eyes. I'm asking you to do that because it's imperative that with everything spoken here today, you, you take a moment to just invite God to remind you of what he said to you specifically. So, Father... We ask for wisdom. Show us what was for us. What do we need to adjust our lives to? Or that you would affirm to us, we need to keep on keeping on. And Father, we thank you that throughout this week, you can, you can access us, you can reveal to us what you want, what you, what you need for us to be so that we can do the things you have for us to do. And we thank you, Father, for this in Jesus' name. Would you stand? I just want to pray for you before you leave. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being here this morning. You could have been somewhere else. But you started the year out good. Putting God first. All right, Heavenly Father, I thank you for each and every one of your children. I thank you for your presence that, that is in them. Father... Make Holy Spirit's residence in us more real this year than ever before. I thank you, Father, that you are the one that can access our past and you can, you can redeem it. You can work it for good and rescue it from loss. Only you can. So we trust you with our past. But, Father, we also know that you're already in our future. And you're making the way straight. And you're preparing 
a path that is best. Not without challenges, but knowing that every challenge we face, we face it with you, and with you all things are possible. So, Father, we thank you for this week. We thank you for this month. We thank you for this year that you, Lord, will have your way in us and through us to impact all those around us that you love and that we will love, too, on your behalf. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, have a great week.